0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Week one of college football still rolling on, but I am pleased to be joined by my next guest, a national writer for CBS Sports College Football and the director of scouting for 24-7 Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. Barton Simmons is my guest. Barton, thanks for the time, man. How are you doing today? I'm
1: great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it. What's been your top takeaway so far from week one?
1: Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I think probably, uh, interestingly enough, my top takeaway has been just the disappointment of year two coaches. Uh, I mean, kind of across the board, if you were just baking in sort of a, um, a, a bump and a, 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 a sort of advanced improvements, from year one to year two with some of these sort of big-name coaches, you just didn't get it in week one, whether that was Chip Kelly uh, at UCLA who lost to Cincinnati, whether it was Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee who lost to Georgia State, Scott Frost at Nebraska who uh, wasn't able to really put up much of uh, offensive production against South Alabama. Um, there, there was just a bunch of these coaches that uh, you know we were really looking for Improvement out of, and we just didn't get it in week one. Uh, and it wasn't just a handful of them, it was almost all of them. So, uh, to me, uh, you know, that that was sort of that there was a lot of disappointing, even in some wins, you know, that we just saw some disappointment in week one, and and uh, we'll see how much of that is real and how much of that is just kind of shaking the rust off early in the season.
0: What the heck happened to Tennessee?
1: <laughs> uh, it, it's I don't know. I mean, I was I was actually watching that game, sort of rewatching it tonight uh, because as it was going on, you know, I wasn't paying much attention. I just assumed Tennessee would get it figured out, uh, and they just never did. And I and and I, I really do think that there was an element of they were just you know BYU's on the horizon. I think they're taking that game very seriously. They figured to get through this Georgia State game. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we'll be all right. And uh, I don't think Tennessee's the point yet where they can overlook anybody. Clearly they're not. And there was miscommunication. There was just fundamental uh, alignment issues on defense. There was, I mean, they're playing a lot of young guys. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give them that, that there's going to be some growing pains. But there's no excuse. I mean, there really isn't any excuse that uh, should allow for a Tennessee team to lose to a Georgia State team, much less a Georgia State team that just came off a 2-10 season. So uh, not not a good look uh, at, at, by any stretch for, uh, for Jerry Pruitt and for Tennessee.
0: Barton Simmons, national college football writer for CBS Sports, is our guest. If you talk about the disappointment of year two coaches – no disappointment for Oklahoma fans with Lincoln Riley. He gets a Heisman for Baker Mayfield, a Heisman for Kyler Murray, and then he gets Jalen Hurts in there for a transfer, and they're like at six hundred something yards of offense or whatever it ended up being. Um, is he the best offensive coach in the country? Yeah,
1: he may be the best offensive coach in in the world, in you know, in football, NFL, college, whatever. I mean, he's just uh, he, he's got it figured out. I mean, there, there's a there's a rhythm to a Lincoln Riley offense that is is really I think pretty special. Um he 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 has a great feel. Uh he has a great um understanding and 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 system that allows for uh like every play has such a um a perfect complement and and counter uh that that he can throw at defenses and uh he's done a great job of of catering to to the strengths of his quarterbacks I mean every every quarterback has looked a little different tonight with Jalen Hurts I mean we saw a lot of quarterback power just you know using Jalen Hurts getting downhill um, and and using that athleticism and I think uh, so many people seem to think this was just going to be you know Jalen Hurts chucking around the yard and, and uh, had had skepticism he could do it but I think he, he proved A that uh, you know First of all, he's going to cater his offense to the strengths, and B, it does, you know, Jalen Hurts can throw it as well, and so uh, this is going to be. Look, if you're the smart money, I mean, if, if you're really, you know, trying to win this thing in terms of making a bet on a, on a Heisman Trophy winner, why wouldn't you just pick Jalen Hurts and say Lincoln Riley's done it the last two times? You know, this, this guy's certainly capable again. I mean, tonight was a great example. Uh, just putting up uh, ungodly production in his first showing and first uh, first day in the offense.
0: Do you mean that when you say best offensive mind in all of football? Like you're you're taking Lincoln Riley over Andy Reid and Sean McVeigh and the best of the best in the NFL. Uh,
1: you know, I, I I think it's worth the conversation. Um, no, I probably wouldn't. But but those guys. They have proven it on the highest level. I think if Lincoln Riley were to get an NFL job, and that's going to come. like It will come someday. Uh, it's just a matter of whenever he's ready to, to ch- take that next step and challenge himself uh, in, in that, next, uh, that next evolution of his career. Um, I think when that time comes, uh, it's going to be really interesting, and, I, and, and I'm not going to be surprised at all if, uh, if he is right there with those guys because I think, I mean, what he's done as quickly as he's done it as, uh, and and I think bringing sort of a power football element to this wide open air raid sort of system has totally differentiated what Oklahoma does with, with, with some of these other spread uh, systems. And for him to sort of add that physicality to it. And again, I think for him to add the little wrinkles that, uh, i mean it, it it seems like every play you know has a double move in it every every pass has a has a big play element um there, there's just so many ways they're able to put the defenses in a bind and so uh so uh, yeah i think realistically am i ready to put him over those guys you mentioned probably not yet but i i i think it's a real conversation you can have and i think it's why n f l teams are are so I- intrigued by him and 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 why I think whenever he's ready, he's going to get a really elite NFL job.
0: Barton Simmons is our guest, CBS Sports, college football writer, 24-7 scouting director as well. Barton, I love college football, and my wife went to Clemson, and we've been together about six years, so I've watched every uh, Clemson game for the last six years. It's been a good time to uh, jump on board with that program. But I've got to be honest – when i watch and we've gone to a couple of the championship and playoff games it's i feel like i am watching a team that basically has no equal and obviously bama is closest do you think this is a sport that suffers from its lack of parity
1: no i well, i think that's what makes college football unique is unlike say the nfl or professional sports in general um you can really find meaning and, and find satisfaction in a season, even if you're not contending for the highest prize, Um, you you know, it it can be about beating a rival. It can be about spoiling someone else's season, winning a division, getting to a bowl game, whatever that metric is or wherever that bar is for your program, there's, there's, there's reason to stay engaged, I think. And so, I, and, and you know, I just I think that what Alabama and Clemson have done is 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 raised the bar. Um, they've challenged other people to keep pace, and so I think that there is among kind of the national championship contenders, there's a really elite few, and I think the the gap has widened from that elite group to the to the next tier, um, and and. And I think what we're and and that's okay with me because I think we're still seeing, you know, when those games happen, you know, when Georgia plays Oklahoma in the uh, in the college football playoffs, when Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC championship game, um, you know, when when Clemson plays Ohio State, like those games, I think are still uh, they're awesome and they play at such a high level with such elite talent, and that's I think that's fun, um, and then you can still get the uh, you know, wh- whatever your team is, kind of get the, the, the season grind of, of, of that. And, and I think it's still fun and enjoyable. So I, I'm good with it. In fact, I think we're going to look back in, in 15 years and, or 20 years or whenever that time comes and say, man, holy cow. Like, we, we, we experienced the Clemson-Alabama rivalry. Uh, what a time to, to be watching college football.
0: See, I, I love it too – at the highest level because the programs are remarkable, but I also think that I'm biased because I have some rooting interest there. And you're right. Like if you're a perennial six win program and then you win eight or nine games, you can say you had a great year or you beat a rival or you win a division. But I wonder how many programs this year legitimately think they have a chance to win a national championship. Because to me it's what, two, maybe three,
1: I think it's more than that, but I mean, it's not a big number. It's to me, it's about five or six. Um, So, Clemson,
0: Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma. You think? You think Ohio State thinks they legitimately have a shot to win a title?
1: I I, I think Ohio State does. I think LSU does. Um, And I mean, there's there's plenty of I think there's plenty of others that that are have convinced themselves they do. whether they realistically do? I don't know. But I think that's sort of the, the group right there. And you can maybe throw like a Michigan in there, though I'm not a believer in Michigan. Um, uh, and that's about it. Um, and so we're calling that, what, five or six teams. And with those five or six teams, like I, one of my things is, it, I mean, we you, you always want to experience greatness, right? Like, I mean, everyone's happy when Tiger Woods is playing well. Uh, you know, everyone's—it uh, it harkens back to the Jordan era in the NBA with, when he would just dominate with the Bulls. I mean, the, experiencing greatness is fun, and so for me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, man, what Nick Saban is doing right now, what Dabo Sweeney is doing or is doing right now is remarkable, and this this is really fun to watch. Two of the best um, in—I mean—in football. Uh, accomplishing what they're accomplishing uh, on a yearly basis and and how are they doing it and how are they evolving and how are they, you know, what's the chess moves from a recruiting standpoint? What's the, you know, Alabama's sitting there starting two true freshmen inside linebackers right now and a true freshman knows. Um, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal, that they can figure out a way uh, to to plug and play like that. uh, And they have good, you know, so I just think it's, there's, there's games within the game that are, that are fun to follow, and I think this year, um, because those teams have, ri- have raised the bar, I think Alabama's about to be challenged like they haven't before with LSU and with Georgia, um, and Clemson's not going to get quite the test, but uh, when the playoffs come, I think whoever they face, because of the way they force other teams to pick up the pace, uh, I think this, this year's playoff is going to be uh, some four, or four really competitive football teams.
0: I hope you're right because I do think that the sport suffers a little bit from that small of a number because also it's geographical to me. Last year was a great example of it. You got you got Clemson and Bama in the title game, but the title game location was predetermined to be, you know, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, and it wasn't an expensive ticket because Clemson fans had been there and Bama fans had been there and it was really damn far and expensive for them to go and you look at these recruiting rankings and you know it better than i do all like the southeast is dominating it's not the sec but it, clemson bama georgia are getting all of the top kids like where why is uh, you know clemson just got their first recruit since 1991 from the state of california like where is texas where is usc where where is a northern school with a number one recruiting class or a West coast school with the number one recruiting class to spread out some of this talent because you can't force kids to go to different schools. But I got to be honest with you, man. Like I don't see this changing anytime soon.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're getting at something. And Texas is, I mean, Texas had, I think the number four recruiting class this year. So Tom Herman was the right hire finally for Texas. And they're, they're, They are back in the sense that I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, they're back to being a a legitimate contender with Oklahoma in the Big 12. They're going to soon be a legitimate perennial playoff contender. I I believe that. I mean, I don't think they're in in that five or six teams I mentioned this year, but I think that they're, 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 they're trending in the right direction from a talent standpoint. But that's kind of what it's all about, is in order to be one of those five or six teams, in order to be in that national title tier in college football, there really is a barrier of entry for a lot of programs. You really have to be one of the Blue Bloods. And so part of the problem right now is that a few of the Blue Bloods are down, um, in particular, you know, out West. I mean, if we saw the the, the Big 12 be kind of get got maligned uh, a few years back uh, because they they just, you know, they were sort of the, the conference that was the punching bag for everybody. And the, And the bottom line is, I mean, it was, the Coppers was strong. It's just Texas was down. And Oklahoma wasn't what Oklahoma is right now. Right now the Pac-12 is down because USC is down and UCLA is, are, is down. When USC gets a good hire, and they haven't had one in a few years, if they get a home run hire this next time around, and i got a feeling it's going to happen this year, then just like that, it's going to be a lot tougher for Clemson to go get a quarterback out of Southern California. It's gonna be a, 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 You're going to have a program that can – bring in the talent to compete with those teams. So there, it's just sick, cyclical. And right now it's a bad time for, to be a couple of those powerhouse West – Coast or a bad time to be Pac-12 because of those powerhouse uh, Pac-12 teams are, are just down and have made bad coaching hires. And so I think that's the next step is just making great hires. Clemson made a great one. Alabama made a great one. A few others have. Um, but that's, that's the name of the game. You have to have one of the elite coaches in college football to contend for national titles on a regular basis.
0: Barton Simmons, 24-7, and CBS Sports. Follow him on Twitter, at Barton Simmons. I enjoyed it, man. Thank you for the time.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. You
0: could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.